Hello and welcome to All Things Urticaria from Medthority. In this series of podcasts, our host, Professor Marcus Maurer, is joined by his friends and colleagues to discuss all things urticaria. Over to Professor Maurer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of All Things Urticaria, your UCARE podcast. Urticaria Centers of Reference and Excellence. And today I have from the UCARE in Mainz, one of the first UCARES to join the network. Well, one of the founding fathers, mothers really, of the UCARE network, Petra, my, my, my friend, colleague, Petra Staubach. Hi, Petra. Hi, how are you? Nice Hi. to meet you and join this, this podcast now. Look, Petra, I was looking forward to this episode for for a really long time. You should have been the, one of the first ones to uh, be on this uh, program. Really happy that it works out now. Uh, people may not know that we know each other for for quite a long time. We won't we won't tell them how long. But uh, <laughs> when we built in Mainz the first uh, Uticaria dedicated uh, specialty clinic, Mamma Mia, things were quite quite different, weren't they? Yeah, that's right. And maybe some not not everyone knows where Mainz is, middle of Germany, and famous for its carnival. Maybe you know this from and maybe from soccer playing. Yeah, Mainz 05. <laughs> well, I should probably say that your UCARE may be more famous than the the <laughs> soccer club by now. People come from all over the world to see you, especially. Um, uh, parents with children who have urticaria. You you built in Mainz one of the biggest uh, pediatric urticaria centers um, that that I know of. Uh, tell me a little bit more about this, Petra. Yeah, that that would uh, or at the beginning we started with uh, like every urticaria center with the um, uh, adult patients, and then we we looked in our patient group and we recognized that we have a lot of patients. Uh, small children from the age of uh, about babies uh, or small children until older ones, um, teenies and so on. And then we we uh, um, enjoyed to uh, put those children or the, the urticaria children in a special uh, out clinic for mm. the disease. Mm. And they like it. They like to, to see other children who suffer from urticaria and, and, and. I, I can imagine so. I remember a, a child that we saw together many, many years ago, and it was really a huge difference in the life of this kid. Um, do you have one or two patients in your head where you're like, wow, uh, being able for this kid to come to a center like yours really made all the difference in the development in, in, in maybe school or kindergarten? Uh, give us a little bit of color on what it means to finally for parents be able to take their kid to someone who knows what this is and knows how to deal with it. Yeah, I can I can remember two two small patients uh, where I learned a lot. I learned a lot about the um, disease uh, severity, and I learned a lot about uh, managing not only the patient but also the whole family and this is important mm. if you if you are treating or managing p 
patients or children, uh, you always have to look for the family. It's a little bit different to other diseases. We have a, another a special uh, out clinic for atopic dermatitis, but normally in this group, the, the parents and the children, they suffer from the disease. But in urticaria, the, the parents don't have urticaria, mm. only the children. So they are afraid. They don't know the symptoms and they are afraid about their babies, their, their children, because they don't know why. They have no allergies, they have nothing normally, and they are really healthy, and then they get those hives and they don't know why. And sometimes, and this is imagining uh, um, most of them, or in our uh, out clinic, it's a specialized out clinic, a lot of the small patients, they also, they have uh, angioedema as well. Yeah, good point. Um, you know, the more we learn about what this disease looks like in children, the more we find all the things that we had already seen in adults, including the high prevalence, you know, all these recent studies that show that chronic urticaria is at least as common in children and adolescents as it is in adults. How do you deal with all these? You have hundreds of kids with urticaria. How do you manage that? Yeah. Um, mostly we see the chronic urticaria, of course, and uh, there we have um, the subgroups spontaneous and inducible and very, very often, I think we have no numbers, but I think more than every force, they have a combination. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, uh, I can uh, I can remember Markus when we uh, when you went to Berlin, you had always the the adult urticaria patients with, for example, cold urticaria, and we had always the children cold yeah. urticaria, and we didn't know why. I think yeah. that was why because we had a specialized clinic for children and so on. So we know now that's very often a combination and. We, we deal those or we, we, we are managing those uh, children nearly like the, the uh, adults, but including the parents. I understand. Tell me a little bit more about this. You know, I, uh, I do frick testing for symptomatic demographism in lots mm -hmm. of adults. But if I imagine doing this to a three-year-old or even a seven-year-old, is there any special technique that you use for chronic inducible urticaria provocation testing? Um, I mean, cold, cold urticaria testing can be quite challenging. You know, make these kids understand what you're doing and uh, what, what, some tips and tricks, Petra, from your yeah. practice. So it's uh, it's not so difficult because um, they like those things always around. Of course, it's dependent on the age. If they are uh, younger than three or four years, it's a little bit more difficult. We do we don't do a temp test, for example, but we we look for the ice cube. But very very often the the parents bring us pictures or they tell us the stories, and it's it's easy to to. Um, to do it or to find the diagnose. But in older patients, uh, children, we do, for example, uh, the Frick test or the, the TEM test, and they, they, they like it. They really mm. like it. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's two more challenges, Petra, I find with the children uh, we see. One is I cannot always use the UCT or the UAS, you know. Mm -hmm. um, do, do you have something that you use or do you use these tools but you uh, adapt them? What's your approach to measuring? Yeah, it's a good point. We are we are not so happy about this, but maybe we can find here a solution with our UCAT centers or 
with the uh, new ideas. Uh, we are always doing the DLQI for children, of course. This is not urticaria specific, but it's spe uh, specialized for dermatological diseases. We do this in other diseases as well, and we have it for every age. Yeah, in smaller children with pictures and in older age with with questions like in adults. And then we use with the parents together, we use the UCT. I don't I, I know it's not validated, but we okay. use it. We need it. I, I agree. Especially Absolutely. if we have uh, children with a with a, a very severe urticaria. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I think we really need to do something here and uh, make these tools uh, appropriate, you know, just yeah. like the CDLQI with, with these icons, smiley face and, and frown, yeah. frowny yes. face. Yes, and I learned a lot of uh, other children uh, or other diseases um, from pediatricians. Uh, they always use those smileys with, um, and I always ask for um, uh, itch from zero to 10 or with the smileys, you can do mm. it very good. And of course, for the parents, very often I'm asking for sleep disturbances. This is a big problem. We know this from atopic dermatitis, but the same in, in children, in uh, urticaria children. Interesting. Uh, you said pediatricians. Do you work with them? What's your experience? No, uh, we started and it's not so easy to, to convince sometimes colleagues that you are interested in 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 other patient groups, and then we started with a with a, a, um, a, a regional um, um, a, a education system with other pediatricians around Mainz, uh, the city where where we are with our out clinic, and uh, we started very slowly, and we uh, invited them, and then now they are sending us. Um, the patients, but it takes some time. Mm. Now yeah. they are happy and very often they, they send us the patient, the small uh, uh, children or the older ones, and then we are giving them back with some uh, recommendations and they are happy about this. I can imagine. Uh, must be nice to have such a specialized center in your vicinity. Um, uh, you said with recommendations, and then that brings us to treatment, which can be quite challenging in yes. well, all patients with chronic urticaria, we know that, but um, you know, many of these treatment options, not that we have so many now, um, are not in label when it comes to the younger kids. How do, how, how do you deal with that? I mean, antihistamines, maybe not so much a problem. There are some that are, I believe, uh, two years and older or even younger. But uh, uh, how about Do you use it in the kids? Yeah, yeah, good point. We use it very often. Of course, we have this experience more than 10, 15 years uh, with omalizumab and um, we use it. It's licensed in urticaria um, from 12 years on and we are using it from six, sometimes five years. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, that's what I read, that's what I see, uh, um, including in Sindhu, chronic inducible urticaria, yes. where we have uh, little kids, three years, four years old, with cold urticaria, who respond yeah. beautifully, you know. Um, oh, I had, this morning I had, a, 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 yeah, growing up, a teeny, uh, um, he's uh, 15 years old and he uh, suffers from uh, cholinergic urticaria, uh. a big problem in this uh, a group with a special age and they suffer a lot and no antihistamines, nothing helps. Um, and there we started uh, omalizumab treatment as well. Very interesting. All right, cool. 
Petra, you are a motor of this network. You run your own projects. You uh, are very involved in the other projects that are uh, going on. You are a cure supercenter, the chronic urticaria registry. You enter a lot of patients. What would you like to see this network do when it comes to urticaria in children? Uh, good, good questions. I have a lot things what we could do, but, but what is interesting or what is important is to increase awareness. Mm -hmm. um, that's important because what I learned, um, you alone, and that's what you, you know um, as well, we are nothing when we have no good team, when we have no people who are burning for this disease. Absolutely. Yeah. Not only uh, the children or the, the patients, uh, but we have to be interested in this disease and the, the other things around. And therefore, my first point is always find colleagues who are interested and join the group. And mm. then you are only so good and you can only treat a lot of patients uh, if you have a, a good team around you. This is really important. Couldn't agree more with you, Petra. We both had this experience and we both have excellent teams um, that uh, on top of that also work together no that's uh, that that was what what brings fun and efficiency to what we do but uh, you you raise a good point no we need to talk more about urticaria so yeah. that others get interested and uh, get informed and we shorten that long path that many patients including kids have until they get good treatment and uh, with you care uh, level up and you care for you these two education programs and platforms starting um, I wonder if we can make pediatric chronic urticaria one of the focus areas during the next 18 months by using these uh, programs and formats and activities what do you think yeah I would be happy or I'm sure there are a lot of pe uh, people interested in those projects yeah. Um, I think it's always that maybe people think it's difficult to treat children or uh, to get experience with uh, such a group, but I don't think so. And you have a lot of fun with those children <laughs> uh, and um, the, pa the, the parents are really happy. Um, and we know what we know, and maybe this is important as well. We did a, a study um, about epidemiology, and we know that a lot of children are still um, with pediatricians or uh, with other uh, um, uh, special groups of uh, physicians, but not going to dermatologists. Yeah. And I think they could have earlier and more sufficient treatment if they would, they would come to uh, uh, our colleagues who know how to treat it. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Very good. Well, let's uh, let's make everyone know that uh, we need more information to come to us as a community, but we also need more information to come from us as a community to all yeah. other physicians, including pediatricians um, and uh, family doctors, of course, because this is where most kids and adults um, when it comes to GPs are seen first. And this is where uh, the journey starts. And this is where it could be sped up or where it is slowed down. So that's really where we probably make the biggest yeah. difference for our patients in uh, our communication. 
Petra, I could do this all day. It's so much fun to talk <laughs> to you. Um, but I got to let you go. We're at the end of our episode. But I won't let you go without a question that I also asked uh, uh, your colleague. Um, and uh, that maybe she told you, so it won't be much of a surprise. It's the No, million. she didn't. She, she didn't. didn't. No. Okay. <laughs> then it's all new. And you got to think quick because you can only have one answer. Petra, tomorrow I'm giving you... 10 million dollars but you have to spend them on your ticaria research research what are you going to do i know what my colleague <laughs> I know. She interest, she's interested in uh, um, sleep disturbances and so on. I, I would uh, I would look for more um, or for increasing quality of life in our uh, um, children uh, with urticaria and we, we can do it in different uh, um, possibilities. So I think that would be nice and fun and successful. And what I, I have to say one more sentence. I'm really, really happy because in Jilton you very often have off-label uh, treatment because in former times nobody did studies with children or something else. We are now happy that everyone, every new drug has to run um, studies for children or in children. And this is so important. So we will have the next drugs are maybe next year available for uticaria and we have, we are just now running the, the studies in children. I'm so happy about this. I Absolutely. Uh, and you have every right to be because that was a neglected area of yeah. uh, development and it is so important. Uh, as we said, you know, it's a common disease across all age groups and one in a hundred kids today on this planet has chronic urticaria. We need better treatment options that are in label for these kids. So great. Thank you so much, Petra. Um, I wish you the best of luck and success uh, as you've had. Uh, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to more energy, um, even more energy coming coming from you and your team on children with urticaria in the UCARE network, in our communities. Uh, thank you for taking the time, Petra. Yeah, thank you for being part of this very, very special urticaria group worldwide. And I'm happy uh, to be a member of this, really. Folks, this is it. Our episode of All Things Urticaria comes to an end. If you want us to focus on something that is of interest to you, let us know. We will be happy to pick up your questions, your suggestions for another episode of All Things Urticaria, your UCARE podcast. Come and join us for all of the other episodes. Until then, be well, stay safe, and goodbye. Medthority would like to thank Marcus Maurer for that fascinating insight into UCARE. If you have any other questions regarding urticaria, please feel free to ask us via our website www.medthority.com Remember to tune in for the next episode of All Things Urticaria. From all of us at All Things Urticaria from Medthority, have a lovely week.